It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got all of the most amazing flavors you can think of, and health-wise, they can fit into just about any diet. That's right. I'm even talking about keto and paleo and all of those OEO diet-type things. Check them out. They got four grams of fat, four grams of sugar, and all of the protein that you could possibly handle in the kind of health bar that makes you want to eat it. Check out all the different flavors at BuiltBar.com, and when you check out, enter the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. Built Bar has amazing flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter chocolate, strawberry chocolate, something for everybody. Even if you have a nut allergy, they have a nut-free facility that makes those kinds of Built Bars. Check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked on for $10 off your first order. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome back into the Locked On Reds podcast, episode one of the offseason. Today, we're going to start to unpack the 2020 season that was. We're going to look at the first half of the season, July and August, and break it all down. Kind of look at where that put the Reds. It it definitely put them in a hole. We're going to break all that down here on today's episode. Also going to give you a quick update on what the playoffs look like as well. And maybe a few other fun stuff here later on. But before we get into all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That way you don't miss any episode this offseason. There's sure to be quite a bit going on with this Reds team that still needs to do. It still has lots of work to do to get where we all know they can be. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone. 
at 513-549-0159. We're going to have a Jeff's Junk Mail segment tomorrow. I've already got a good number of texts and tweets and all sorts of stuff, so keep those coming in. Tomorrow, we'll have a nice Jeff's Junk Mail segment. All right. The playoffs have moved on from the wild card round now to the divisional round, and remember how we were so happy that not only with the Reds making it, but there were four NL Central teams that made the postseason. Yeah, none of them advanced. In fact, none of the American League Central teams that made the postseason advanced either. In fact, let's break it down even more. When it comes to these Central Division teams that made the playoffs, only two of them, the White Sox and the Cardinals, even won a game. So now we move on to the divisional round, and I just, I, I still. Firmly believe that this is the Dodgers world. Everybody else is living in it. They're going to advance on and eventually win the World Series. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, though, because they're going up against Fernando Tatis, who's fast becoming the face of Major League Baseball right now. I just, I just don't see how the Dodgers lose, especially this series. I don't see how they lose at all this postseason. They are set up to finally get that World Series monkey off their back. All right. Let's jump into this first half here. Yeah, I know. It's probably not going to be that fun because we're talking about the part of the season that really vexed the Reds. And we talk about a slow start. It's interesting because the first 10 games of the season, the Reds were actually 5-5. Five and five. They were 500. Much, much better than they've been the first 10 games of the season the two seasons prior to 2020. So we thought that maybe things were taking a turn. Maybe they were going to be all right. It was the next 18 games that were really going to set the Reds back. We're really going to hamper them for the rest of the season because after they reached the 5 and 5 mark, they then went 6 and 12. They lost 12 of their next 18 games. And that's what really put them behind the eight ball and took them forever. It took them a month of September, which we'll get to tomorrow on the podcast and talk about that fun stuff. But it took that amazing month of September just to get them back to the 500 mark and eventually, you know, get them one game over 500 for their first winning record since 2013. And what perplexes me the most is when you look at the stats from the July, August era. And the one thing that we know from 2020 was that the Reds hitting was bad, but it almost, it almost makes me wonder a little bit if the hitting was the main culprit at this point, because especially, so the seven games in July, you look at, they only hit 204 in those seven games. And then in August, they hit 219. So not really much better, but better But when you look at the month of July and the month of August, their OPS as a team was actually better than the month of September. So it's not as if you're looking at the month of September and you're saying, boy, they really figured everything out on the hitting side, and that's why they started to win. Actually, probably the biggest culprit was the bullpen. The bullpen was absolutely horrible in the first couple of months of the season. I mean, you remember in July, you had bad Michael Lorenzen and bad Rysel Iglesias that were killing some games. But when you kind of put them both together here, when you look at July and you look at August, the bullpen had a 5.22 ERA in 112 innings. That's right, ERA over five in that. It's not a huge sample size, but it's also not a small sample size either. That's where the Reds really lost it. And it, it 
was unfortunate because you think about some of the starts that were wasted because of bad bullpen pitching, especially early on. You had an awesome start in game three of the year by Luis Castillo that was absolutely squandered by the Reds and a huge uh, blow up by Michael Lorenzen where the Tigers won three to two. And also, just to kind of without even looking at the statistics, the fact that the Reds went 500 against the Tigers and the Royals in the first 20 games of the season is a bit annoying. Okay, first 22 games of the season there. Those are two teams that when you look at the record, like when you look at the records of the other teams who came in later on in the year, like the White Sox and the Twins, and you look at the Indians and what they did, you even look at some of the National League Central teams that faced the Royals and the Tigers, they dominated them. That was not a team that they struggled with. The Reds struggled mightily with the Tigers, especially early on. That first series of the season really kind of set everybody back. It kind of chilled out the absolutely hot feelings, especially after the opening day win. Everybody was feeling great, and then all of a sudden, wow, okay, reality is starting to set in. Kind of set the tone for that first half of the season. The good news is September was amazing, and we'll get into that more on tomorrow's podcast. But coming up in just a second, I want to talk about a couple of key performers during the first half of the season. We're going to break those down here in just a moment. But before we do that, I still want to let you know that Postmates has this amazing deal with the promo code locked on to get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100 with no order minimum. With everything going on right now with the pandemic and all of the crazy stuff happening there, we want to try to limit our contact with the public as much as possible. You want to stay in, you want to stay safe. All of that good stuff. Postmates is going to help you do that because you can order food from your favorite restaurants and have it brought to your door through Postmates. Postmates has all of the best restaurants on there. And if you need to get something from the store, maybe a couple of items from a convenience store or even a couple things from Target as well, Postmates can go pick that up and bring it right to your door as well. Postmates is awesome for that. And with the promo code locked on, you'll get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100 with no order minimum. So what are you waiting for? Go check out the Postmates app. Download it to your phone and enter that promo code locked on for the free delivery offer because anytime you need it and anything that you need, Postmates it. mentioned that the bullpen was probably the biggest black eye in the first part of the season for the Reds. One dude that was absolutely amazing out of the bullpen and definitely an MVP of the bullpen for the year, but absolutely the MVP of the bullpen for the first half of the season was our man Lucas Sims, former guest of the podcast. He's been on here before, hoping to get him on at some point in the offseason as well to kind of review his year in 2020 because he started off amazing his first 13 innings of the season he gave up one that's right one earned run in his first 13 innings of the year that is some phenomenal numbers on the starting side too you can make an argument obviously Trevor Bauer was great all season and should be the NL Cy Young award winner for the 2020 season but Sonny Gray might have been the better starter for the first half of the season. In his first seven starts, his first, 
his first 41 and two-thirds innings, Sonny Gray had an ERA of 1.94. He was pitching super good. And that's great English. I know great English there, Jeff. But he was pitching really, really well in that first 41 and two-thirds innings, just not allowing a whole lot. Kind of before he had those back troubles, he was on fire. Showed why he was the opening day starter. And it was a bummer that we didn't get to see him in the playoffs because he was slated to start game three. But he had all of his pitches working there in the first half and highly uh, possibly the... MVP of the starting staff for the Reds during that first half. When it comes to hitting, though, the MVP for me was Jesse Winker. Jesse was on fire in July and August. He hit 326. Even though in the month of July he only went two for 17, his August was that good. He hit 10 home runs in the month of August. That's a phenomenal month for anyone in any season. But Jesse Winker had an amazing first half of the year. Really kind of kept what little bit of the offense that actually went. He kept that bit going. For the month of August, he got on base a little bit over 45% of the time. That's absolutely phenomenal. And really kind of inserted himself as a dude that the Reds can count on moving forward. He was a guy that we've been waiting on for years to kind of figure it out, to be the guy that's not just a platoon hitter. You're not just putting him in against right-handed starters, and that's exactly what he did. Because if you look at his platoon splits, they don't drop off that much. Against right-handers, his OPS was 944, and against left-handers, his OPS was 844. Now, granted, that is only in 33 at-bats against left-handed pitchers, but he did not strike out a whole lot either against lefties. In fact, he struck out 13 times in those 33 at-bats. He did draw four walks and got hit by lefties a couple of times as well that helped his on-base percentage to be 359 against left-handers. So I think moving forward, Winker is no longer a platoon guy. I think that he has proven that he does not have to be subbed out against a left-handed hitter. I really hope that that's how they approach him in the lineup moving forward because he really showed that you don't have to. You don't have to treat him with kid gloves whenever a left-handed pitcher is on the mound. And we're going to close out today's episode by looking at Shogo. Shogo really proved in the second half that he is a guy moving forward that the Reds can slot in that leadoff spot. But I wanted to kind of highlight his journey. Because when you looked at the first half of the season, everybody was screaming bust. And obviously, they did that way too early. But that's what people were saying. They're like, oh my gosh, they brought over their first ever Japanese player and he's not good at baseball. And that's just not true. However, in the month of July and August, he was giving lots of ammunition to the naysayers. He hit a buck 95 for those two months, 18 hits and 92 at bats. And we were all wondering when we were going to see that dude who scouting reports really said that he had a great grasp of the strike zone and he was able to hit to all fields. Because one thing that he did a lot of was strike out and he didn't walk as much as we were hoping. He got on base 28% of the time in the month of August. That's not great. I mean, I don't know if what you know about on base percentage, but 28% of the time, uh-uh, not good in anything that you're hoping 
is closer to 100%. And then even when you look at the month of July, which is a much, much smaller sample size, obviously, just seven games total, he drew two walks in 21 plate appearances. Now, part of that was they were platooning him. They weren't putting him in there against left-handed pitchers, and they kind of kept subbing him out every time that would happen. And later on in the season, I thought he showed that he could hit left-handed pitchers as well. Hopefully that's something that they look at during this offseason and they come to that conclusion because they did not come to that conclusion in the playoffs. He only got one at bat in the first game because of the lefty on the mound. I I am not okay with that. I, I think that he is a guy that deserves as many plate appearances as possible, especially somebody who's going to continue to own his craft. We're, we're not talking about a guy who is a rookie that needs to learn stuff. It's just he kind of has to make a few tweaks to his game and he will be a good major league ball player. We saw that in the second half. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's episode, but just kind of wanted to highlight where he was. Started from the bottom, and tomorrow's going to be now we're here when it comes to Shogo Akiyama. We're going to talk about the better part of the season on tomorrow's podcast, but I just wanted to start with the bad. Obviously, chronologically makes sense to start with the first half of the season, but it was also the bad part of the season, so we got that out of the way. That's it. We talked about that a little bit on today's episode, and really a lot of the deficiencies with the bullpen and a lot of the deficiencies with timely hitting not happening, that is where you get those questionable decisions by David Bell. People were really hammering him in the first half of the season for making this decision or putting this guy in or bringing this guy in from the bullpen. But here's the thing. He knows their talent. He knows the back of their baseball card. He knows what they can do. They just didn't live up to it. And in the first half of the season, everybody was faltering just about every time you turned around. So yeah, you can say, boy, it was a bad thing to bring him in. But at the same token, you've got to put some of that blame on the player for not executing. The manager cannot execute. The manager puts the players in position to execute. And I think that's where he got a lot of unfair criticism. And that's where a lot of it kind of fall, or fell off in the second half of the season whenever people began to execute as they were. The the real interesting thing for me, and I don't know if you caught on to this or not, obviously they were losing, so you probably weren't thinking too hard, but in those two playoff games in which they got swept by the Braves and didn't score a single run, a lot of it felt like the July and August Reds. It didn't feel like the September Reds. And maybe that was partly because I saw Matt Davidson and Travis Jankowski on the roster again, which I didn't think I was going to see after they were gone. But it just seemed like there was a lot of, okay, well, we're going to do this. We're going to make this tweak. We're going to move this guy here. We're going to put this guy in against that pitcher. And just none of it worked. Seemed a lot like July and August to me. And that's just kind of how you absolutely have to point out the first half of the season because that is how the two wild card games felt. All right. That's it for the bad part of the season. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the fun part. We're going to talk about September, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the playoff game, too. There's not going to be a whole lot to talk about because we know what happens there, but we're going to break down September on tomorrow's podcast, so make sure you tune in for that. Also, get your Jeff's junk mail questions into the Lockdown Reds line and on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs or at Locked on Reds. Now, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode this offseason. You're not going to want to because we're going to be talking about the Reds all offseason long. When there's going to be snow on the ground, when it's going to be cold, you're going to be bundled up in your own home. 
turn on some Reds baseball talk here on the Locked On Reds podcast. But that'll do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play Locked On MLB. And I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.